We want to be our best, feel our best and live our best. But achieving our best isn't as cut and dry as do fitness, eat good, get results, happy. To find joy, good health, balance and contentment, we need to show valour. This is valour. Valour is courage. Courage to face challenges, to endure, to struggle, to be exposed to all of your vulnerabilities and to face it all without any certainty of the outcome. On the Valor Podcast, we share the methods, strategies, and ideas that can help us all achieve our very best. This is Valor. Okay, welcome back to the Valor Podcast. This is episode 10, 10 of 10 of this season. A few week delay between episode 9 and episode 10, but you know what? Christmas happened, New Year's happened. I also just couldn't be bothered, but you know what? That's okay. It doesn't matter. I think. Play on. Yeah, play on. Um, today, I wanted to talk about suffering, struggle, that sort of theme, but I felt like it was going to be really hard to just sit in a room by myself and chat about this. I needed someone to bounce off with. So, uh, good friend, also fellow gym owner down in Mornington, we've got Lockie Wallace from Virtus Performance. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, yeah, stoked to have you on. Good to just catch up. and 100% in the, uh, the muck that is the start of Jan where we don't know what day it is or what time it is or what we're supposed to be doing with our lives, but uh, yeah. hopefully this will give us some direction. So have you have you thought of any like January like gym campaigns yet? To <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've, here's campaign, open the gym and hope people come and do good things. Yeah. And if they do that, we're sweet. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we can keep the businesses open for a while. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm, uh, I'm just happy that our people at our gym are happy and f- for the moment, that's all that matters, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity January this year, I think, for just people just to take stock of what they have and where they're at and just enjoy being in the in the moment. Like we were talking before about the... We feel the need it's sometimes at this time of the year to set our intentions for the t- next 12 months and set our goals and things like that, but... After the last 12 months, I think it's important just to go, okay, what do we actually love about where we are and what we're doing and who we're with? And let's lean into that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, now, how's your brain? You said your brain was a little bit fried. Brain's fried. I, um, it might be the Christmas and New Year's beers, <laughs> or it might be uh, just getting back into the swing of things that you would have felt it opening, what, mid... Two months ago or something. Yeah. Yeah, 9th of, 9th of November. So yeah. being open for six weeks before Christmas was brilliant. But it felt like everyone fit eight months worth of socialising and and output into that six weeks, and I think everyone got to Christmas and was a bit fried. So yeah, I'm feel I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a the New Year's slowdown um, affected me mentally. So if I don't have coherent sentences today, then I apologise. <laughs> I usually know what I'm talking about, but we might be a bit slow today. But yeah. That's right. We'll be fine. You guys got all day to be nowhere, really. So, mm-hmm. you know, just just enjoy. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, I thought I didn't feel that tired coming up to Christmas. It's like, oh, it's been good. Our team's worked really well. It's been fun. Everyone's happy. But literally, Christmas Day, I was <laughs> fucking exhausted. Yeah. I was I was falling asleep at like... Is that normal for you, Christmas Day? Oh, sometimes I'm a bit tired, but yeah. I felt extra tired. Like I, most years, you kind of I kind of get to Christmas, and I, I always have a nap, Christmas, yeah. like a big nap, Christmas Arvo. Yeah, it's partly food coma. Yeah, mostly just tired from the last, you know, 
the last push to Christmas, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, trying to keep the gym busy and keep everyone coming in and focusing in what is probably the most stressful time of the year for a lot of people with you know, buying presents and seeing family and finishing up work and some people not working, not finishing up work and working through. It's a tough, it's a, it can be a tough time of year and I think it's um, it's important to have that slow down afterwards. Yeah. I think I just wasn't expecting it because we, you and I, we both had so much sort of time off, time at home to relax and recover and that, that I was like, yeah. oh, six weeks out of the gym. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of that, I'll be fine. But then, yeah, it hit and I was like, oh my God. I Did you find the time off harder or easier than when you're in it working at the gym and the gym's open and, and pumping? Uh, in what way? Just in terms of, I guess, how much work you had to do, how much different style of work you had to do. Um, I guess you know, I say that, there's a bit of a loaded question because I found it immensely harder. Um, I've never worked harder without having to go to work. If that mm. makes sense. Having to try and figure out, okay, how are we going to navigate our way through this? Um, so when we got back in the gym, I was like, all right, sweet, we're back. We're doing our thing. We're, we're coaching and you know, writing programs for you know, a hundred different people that some people had one kettlebell, some people had a, a barbell, some people had, you know, six dumbbells and writing it around what they had. Whereas, you know, whenever we write programs in the gym, you go, okay, well, I've been here for the last five years. I know what we've got. You know, program writing becomes really easy. Plus the communication when you're in, in the place, face-to-face, you know, see people three, four, five times a week. You can have that consistent hum of communication how are you going what's going on at home all that kind of stuff whereas the last 10 months doing it over zoom and over message and occasionally in the uh, the iso walks with the five people in the 5k radius it, it brought up a whole raft of uh i guess you call them obstacles um which forces us as business owners to adapt and to go okay well how can we best overcome these obstacles which you know i'm very grateful for what 2020 taught me but geez i was happy to be back be back in the gym <laughs> yeah. yeah no i definitely agree it's i think it's just because you had to sort of think on your toes all the time mm. it was kind of like when you're like gym client rocks up with an injury they didn't tell you about until they rocked up yeah. and you had this whole session planned out and you're like oh okay well <laughs> let's change it but that was like yeah most days the program we had to change the delivery of communication, the Zoom, all of that. Yeah. So even though we probably had more time to just sit down and just rest for a bit or go for longer walks or whatever, yeah, I agree. It was, I, I guess you sort of, the stuff you're doing in the gym when it's running normally, it's pretty habitual. Mm-hmm. It's pretty straightforward to you because you've yes. done oh, hours and yeah, hours and years and years of it. It's fine. So all of a sudden it's been like flipped. You're just like, oh, all right. So yeah, no, I agree. I think at times it was exhausting, but I think, the good thing was we had time on our hands to try recover. Yeah, recover and, and rest, and like we kind of there was kind of a couple of chapters. I, I like look back now, and I can't believe it feels like when you were in it, it's like this is going on forever. But now we look back and like I can't remember which month was which and what was happening. But I remember there was this like big phase for us where it's like sweet, we can you know keep everyone moving, but let's plan and prepare to almost future-proof the business in certain ways. Like if we get through this, it doesn't get much worse than that. Um, and then there was that period of like not wanting to worry, like just focusing on day-to-day. And then the last period, I was just like, you know, let's just enjoy 
hopefully the last couple of months of you know family time and ISO walks and and you know lots more running and body weight training and all that kind of stuff because we probably hopefully I say hopefully won't get another opportunity to spend that time at home again yeah. um, we have the choice to obviously which which we love but it would be more preferable if we have the opportunity to you know come to work and to kids to go to school and, and all that kind of stuff as well and see friends and 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 yeah and I think that you know I'm, I'm forever I'll forever be grateful for the family time um, and the family walks and and all that kind of stuff but it's nice being back yeah yeah definitely it's sort of it's mixed um, but yeah I think this probably can lead into what we want to talk about today anyway the 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 challenges and the struggles and that of this year are kind of a lot of what I wanted to talk about. But I want to talk about struggle and yeah. and suffering in all forms, whether it is as extreme as COVID or I was saying you just before we started chatting, you know, surviving a concentration camp in uh, <laughs> World War Two. That's that's probably the uh, most pinnacle extreme end of suffering. But also just to the 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 end at home of just small things where we sort of, and it's a lot to do with our attitudes towards. Suffering and struggle. Um, we've probably seen that people have come out of COVID so differently in all different forms. We've had people that have come out feeling, you know, fantastic, had these realizations, learned some lessons. You know, like you're saying, you know, grateful for the family time, grateful for the chance to look at your business and how you do things. Um, but then there's people on the other side, like there's probably like there's been high suicide rates. There's been um, job loss and fear and you know people struggling to afford christmas and all these different things and um yeah i want to talk a lot about like suffering i feel is a lot to do with how we approach it how we our attitudes towards it um yeah. what we value and things like that so i don't even know how i want to kick this off well, certainly but let's yeah I'll look at it go. everyone i guess this is the fascinating way we've all you know, dealt with or overcome the last 10 months is everyone's dealt with it differently and everyone's had been in a different situation. So the suffering side of things, it's all about, for me, it's all about uh, perception in terms of how we've dealt with it and what we've actually been given because it's been a collective roadblock, collective obstacle that we've all had to deal with collectively and individually. You know, like we can obviously connect around our struggles over the last 10 months because we've dealt with it we've had a fairly similar um, situation like gyms have been closed we've had to you know shift our entire business model online we've been able to spend time with family um, we've both had that fairly similar um, experience whereas you know your tradies your teachers your frontline workers your your emergency workers are all dealing with it in a completely different way and they've all got a completely different experience so for me suffering life like the the buddhism line around life is suffering is pretty true but how we suffer determines the quality of our life i think like we can decide to suffer gracefully where we you know accept that this is what it is which you know, it was kind of a, a tagline for a lot of people over the last 10 months. It is what it is. And we can look, take out some perspective out of it and go, okay, well, yeah, we're at home, but it's 2020 and it's not 1918 with, you know, uh, a raft of information spreading issues that you would have back in the day where it was paper and radio. 
Um, of course, there's misinformation spreading that comes with 2020's ability to share information. So that was obviously a big part of it. But I found that most people, and, and obviously we're in a fortunate position of being able to talk to our communities every day, that most people who dealt with it well figured out what was in their control and just focused on that. And the people that maybe struggled and and got lost in in the muck and lost, lost in the weeds of it all were the ones that either you know inadvertently or accidentally or intentionally focused on all of the the bad shit that was happening external to them and all the things that was external to their control and they they focused on the they looked in the wrong direction they looked outside and they you know they watched every news update and they followed all the all the you know people spreading misinformation on facebook and instagram and and they spent their time worrying about all the things that could go wrong rather than focusing on the things that were right in front of their face that they can appreciate and you know that level of perspective is basically just a daily gratitude play like if you have the capacity to go okay well right now I'm very grateful that the gym's open and I'm grateful that KP and Lucy are at home waiting for me and I'm grateful that, you know, Dog Banksy's asleep in the next room and she's not annoying us while we're having a chat. I'm grateful that you can come here, which we couldn't do three months ago. I'm grateful that you can come here and we can sit down and have a chat on a Sunday and go, you know, what a ride the last 12 months has been. And I can appreciate all these brilliant things about my life at the moment. Whereas I could shift my mindset to oh shit, there was six new cases today and, you know, the cluster's growing in Sydney and what does that mean for us? And, you know, does that mean the gym might be closed again in two months' time when it gets worse and worse and worse? And all of those things are completely acceptable worries, but I don't feel better and the, my world isn't a better place for me thinking about that. I need to, there needs to be part of me that goes, okay, that's potential, that's a possibility, but what can I do now to make my world a better place? And that's it. And that becomes the perspective, gratitude, action is almost like your your steps. And, you know, what am I appreciating right now and what can I do to maximize that? If that becomes my focus and that becomes what my intention is every morning, then whether I'm stuck at home with a 5K radius, not being able to go to work for months on end, or whether I'm at work with the world open, being able to do what I love to do, it doesn't matter because I can still follow the same process. Um, and, and that suffering or being able to accept, yeah, life's going to suck sometimes. It, it, like, But when it sucks, like we all, I would like to think that hopefully everyone listening was able to find beautiful things that came out of our lockdown. When it does suck, it sucks, but we can appreciate different parts of it. And when we're back open and back, you know, living our lives and mo- lives, and most of us enjoyed a Christmas with family, and most of us have enjoyed being back in the gym. We can appreciate that for what it is because we didn't have it beforehand. Um, so it's just taking it one step at a time. For to use a, another cliche, um, but that's the joy of being able to love where we are, love mm. where we are, and yeah. what, where we're doing, and who we're doing it with. Yeah, I think um, we're we're in this position here in the gym where like you said we've got this little community around us and and we can kind of share this information amongst each other and talk about things and all that and um which can be healing for us it can be healing for the people that we serve as well but i had struggled like i can't help but think of all those people that maybe aren't in those kind of communities they might be just you know they work in a job 
where there's people that just complain about the uncontrollables and then they're at home yeah. and it's the same thing. And I just, um, I don't know, I don't have an answer. I don't think you have an answer either. But how how do, they, do you get that message to those people to change that perception or or you know see things in that way yeah i i, I think all you can <laughs> it's something out of, it's outside you our can, control you can lead, like you can lead a horse to water but like we can create these mm. these communities and environments and you know whether it's a, a football club or whether it's a gym environment or whether it's a local coffee shop these communities exist it, it, pretty much everywhere you go there are good communities of good people who are doing good things who are connecting with each other who care just as much about the success of the people around them as they do themselves obviously there are communities that don't foster those same values and same things but if you aren't currently in a situation like that then it's a choice of whether you stay where you are or whether you choose to join the gym or join the football club or spend more time at that cafe or you know that friend who we know who you know bangs on about community all the time talk to them about the community they're in and you know like attracts like and i think if we decide the person we want to be in the life we want to live then it just becomes a a decision making process of okay well how can i surround myself with good people and you know for us we've obviously fostered those communities in our own way um and you don't have to you don't have to make your own or you don't have to create your own but it's an option like if if you start doing things that are true to your values and that that are with intent and that are creating or cultivating the life you want to live then people will flock to or people flock to it people will be drawn to it i love the concept of gravity of like i want virtus to have its own gravi- gravitational pull i want people who value consistency and value community and value education and value excellence to ha- feel a pull to Virtus. You know, it's, I've say it off the cuff sometimes, but the selfish reason for me doing this is because I just want to hang out with cool people. And our community is, f- and I'm sure you guys are exactly the same, is full of community leaders who want the best for the people around them. And the coolest thing now, like we're five years into our journey, and by no means have we figured it all out. Like we're still, it's still a work in progress. But over the last six to 12 months, all of the new people that have joined are people we want to spend time with. Yeah. They're, we're attracting the people who make us want to be better as well as they're joining us because they want to be better. And it just becomes this beautiful, you know, gravitational pull of just sucking in good people. And the people who don't fit with those values tend not to stay long and the people that do are the people that stay for a long period of time yeah yeah we have the same definitely the same or people that maybe come and don't quite fit with those values yet yeah eventually change like they sort of evolve their sort of tune and views of things and yeah. sort of and the gyms evolve as well yeah as, as they do it's, it's, a, it's always a consistent evolution like we're constantly trying to work to the edge of our capacity so that we can okay take another step further for, further out of that and and just build it yeah um and cultivating an environment where we can do that is you know effectively why we exist so you know to the people who aren't currently in one make your own or find one with you know 
consistent values. Yeah, it can be anything. It can be a life saving club, a footy club. It can be Virtus or Valor Gym. Yeah. <laughs> it can be any. Um, something you said before just sparked my mind a little bit. Um, just talking about how when we are hit with like struggles or whatever, um, you sort of, the way you explained it was kind of like a, a respond versus like react kind of thing. You're talking about by um, taking in what's happened, being grateful for what you've got. And then eventually taking action. It's a very like responsive kind of way to to take what's happened to you. Yeah. Um, whereas opposed to maybe like you're saying, the people that are focused on things out of their control are probably very reactive. Um, like, I, I guess so. A lot of people like we've we've read a lot of stuff and do a lot of things like that where we kind of understand the difference between reacting and responding, and we've learned a lot of that, and that's taken time to develop that sort of thing and we're still not perfect like I'll react for sure oh, the initial response is still to react yeah yeah definitely um, whereas some people don't know about that kind of knowledge and the in the theory and what sort of stuff behind that um, what, like why do you think people do react do you think it's out of like fear or yeah. because we don't give ourselves time to take in all the information yeah well, I think it's probably a bit of both like we're definitely when something disrupts the way we are thinking or the, what we're doing like let's use the example like we both got new puppies and you know the puppy decides in the middle of the living room to take a shit on the floor the first thing you want to do is go oh, like not again like or you swear you want to yell and swear at the puppy but the puppy doesn't understand that we're not allowed to take a shit on the floor but all we can do is when that happens is we can decide to yell or we can sorry we can react and yell or we can decide okay no this is a teachable moment and we can take the puppy outside and you know point to the grass and say toilet toilets here and we can find a way to link that behavior to this particular area or it might be you know whatever think of any any little example and i think that yes you're still gonna have to clean up the shit and it's not gonna be ideal and you know it's frustrating and especially when we're you know maybe tired or um, annoyed at something else and then that happens we're most we're more likely to react than respond but if we respond more often than not then you know Banksy's gonna learn we don't shit on the floor <laughs> we <laughs> we just wait by the back back door and if it's not open she gives a little bark and we take her outside and she and she does her business in the backyard and I think that every single moment that we have either as individuals or when we're when we're rea- when we're interacting with it might be someone at the gym or it might be someone at work or it might be someone at school or it might be you know our our kids or it might be the dog we have an opportunity for it to be a teachable moment Um, it's difficult for it for us to have the the almost like foresight or the the calmness to be able to take a breath and and respond all the time and you know like you said a lot of the time we're going to fuck it up but if the if more often than not we can do the right thing and respond the right way, then everyone ends up better off. Um, you know, like if I'm frustrated at something at home and KP asked me to do something that I meant to do that I didn't do, I'm going to want to react to that and go, you know, why didn't you do this? But that's not me making our world a better place. So how can I go, okay, well, I need this teachable moment for me. I need to take a breath and go and go do the thing and then you know whether it's you know changing Lucy's nappy or taking the bin out or doing the dishes whatever it is once that's done 
then we can have a conversation around, well, let's make sure we're both doing these things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the react and responding is a, a simple yet powerful tool of going, how can we learn from this moment? And the quote or the quote that comes back to me with that is, I think it's Jersey Gregorek on a, uh, on a Tim Ferriss podcast. It was hard decisions, easy life, easy decisions, hard life. If we, make the move to do the thing straight away it might be i think you said picking up a sock before picking up the thing off the floor or doing the dishes rather than stacking it stacking it up and if we take the ownership of the situation and take action to do the thing in the moment then future us can say thank you for doing that i appreciate it that their their life gets easier and then the future version of us is more calm and more relaxed and more able or more capable to make better decisions for future future version of us. And then, you know, all we're doing is we're looking after the future version of ourselves by making the hard decisions now. And like, same as reacting, it's we're going to fuck it up. We're going to stumble often. But if the weight of numbers can be towards looking after future version of ourselves rather than that, instant gratification if we can delay that then we're going to be better off yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah it can be that struggle between the short term and the long term um which is tough instant gratification so much easier to uh come by yeah um it made me think harper we would ch- got his challenge with harper with the dog um she'll play fight with the dog and wrestle and have fun and it's good and like Haver's still a puppy so um every now and then she might accidentally scratch or might bite a bit too hard yeah and harper reacts and switches from um instantly to anger and revenge and kind of wants (laughs) to like get back at the dog and i'm like no mate this is a moment where you need to teach the dog that she's probably gone a little bit too hard yeah but you also need to cop the fact that if you play fight with the dog you might get a scratch here and there and it, play with fire you're gonna get burnt exactly like, so you but you can't seek revenge from the dog you might just need you know this is opportunity to go okay a little bit too hard dog or, or maybe i revved you up too much <laughs> so I, I was like you need to change it from seeking revenge on the dog when you're the one that started it and uh and, and look to play the long game here let's let's dial it back a little bit let's yeah. teach the dog that that was too hard uh it's the same sort of thing as and our natural response is always going to be to react but there's the like there's a lizard brain inside us going, you know, what are we reacting to? But the the higher level of consci- consciousness is being able to, like I said before, take a breath, assess the situation, go, okay, how can I make this better? How yeah. can I improve this? And it's hard. It's like we're by no means speaking from the finish line. Like, you know, I'm sure the Savo, if Banksy takes shit on the floor, <laughs> I'm going to want to yell at her. But <laughs> yeah. hopefully I don't. And that's the same as seeing, you know, 13 COVID cases rock up on the news, your instant reaction is to get anxious and go, fuck, we're going to have to close down and this yeah. and that and that. And you hold on, take a breath. Let's yeah. maybe find some oh, more information. Just like, and it's a choice what we pay attention to. Like yeah. we are, you know, I, again, like my head's just full of quotes, but like we're in five years, we're going to be the same person we are now bar the books we read and the podcasts we listen to and the conversations we had and the experiences that we have. So wouldn't, you know, knowing that, wouldn't we want to make sure that the books we read and the conversations we have and the, you know, the Instagram feeds that we follow are helping us make make us better? Um, Like we all know that there are times when a Netflix binge is just what we need. 
But we also know that, you know, three days in, we probably don't need to keep binging on Netflix. We can probably go do something else. Yeah. Um, and it, and then, you know, life becomes, the quality of our life becomes a culmination of our choices. And like we know it from a training perspective is that, you know, the number one factor with training is just consistency. It's attendance and consistency. If you show up more often than not, you're going to get where you want to get to. If you don't and you, you're worried about which BCAAs I should take, like how many sets and reps I should do, you know, what loading parameters we should lean into, how we should train, but you're training once a week or, you know, four times in one week and then none the next week and then twice a week after and then six times the third, fourth week and once a week after, then we're not going to generate any sort of momentum towards our goals and where we want to get to. And life's exactly the same. All it is is just taking that little step in the right direction each day and you know the direction that we head changes as we grow and we adapt and we develop individually. We just need to assess that we are continuing to walk in the right direction. Yeah. So the like I said, like at the start of the podcast, we were like, you know, I've struggling to project or look at projections forward around like, okay, where do we want the gym to be? What do we want to achieve 2021, 2022? Struggling with that, but there's going to be a time in a couple of weeks where I'm going to need to sit down and actually plan it out. Um, but that's a decision that I'll make when my head's in the right headspace to do so. So the a big part of this reactivist respond is just self-awareness. It's being able to understand okay, how am I feeling? What am I doing? Um, and if we struggle with that, which a lot of us do, it's cultivating the actions or activities that make us more aware of how we're feeling. So, you know, I journal every day, just a page, um, you know, meditation, something that's dropped off since we came out of lockdown, but that's something that helps going for walks, going for runs, having these kind of conversations, brings me back to a headspace where I'm more capable of making better decisions. But if I, you know, went home to Savo and binge Netflix and um, sat on the couch and drank a couple of beers and did that for the next couple of days, then my capacity to be able to set a plan in place for how I want the next two years to look, that's going to be delayed for a couple of weeks. So I have a decision to have this conversation then go home and spend time with Lucy and take Banksy to the dog park and hang out with KP or I can go binge Netflix which one's going to help the future version of myself it's a really clear cut answer unfortunately most of us don't sit there and and I don't do it all the time either and go okay well here's option A here's option B which one's going to help future me but if we can start to implement you know five or six of those intentional decisions into our daily lives there's 25 decisions a a working week there's you know 50 times 25 quick maths go figure it out can't sunday 1250 decisions a year <laughs> bang we're rolling right um i've no idea if that number's correct but <laughs> i think you got it <laughs> as long as it sounds like i know what i'm talking about yeah exactly but, but that's it um you know i've i look back and i know i'm talking a lot but i look back at like my last couple of years and this year in certain ways was about survival uh, the last 12 months was about survival about okay how do we keep the gym open mid 2021 when JobKeeper runs out and when you know people are struggling a little bit more than maybe we expect we're going to struggle um and suffer back to the the topic <laughs> whereas like two years ago like these kind of conversations would have eaten them up because i was reading every day You're i was on. i was just on with the personal development stuff but that was a chapter and I feel as though if I tried to go back to that now, I'd burn myself out mm -hmm. with, you know, looking after Banksy and looking after Lucy and 
and looking after the you know our, trying to facilitate a space where our community can come and and, and learn if i was still reading like i read a stupid amount of books that year and listened to a stupid amount of podcasts and recorded a like mm-hmm. 60 podcasts or whatever so if i tried to do that now i i'd be cooked but there's a self-awareness play that comes into it it's go, okay where am i at what do i need what will help me move forward and the helping me move forward right now is just not worrying about moving forward yeah yeah as silly as that sounds that's very much as to like relates to why this episode 10 is several weeks apart from episode 9 when it was supposed to be a weekly uh, little uh, project Um, because yeah I I didn't want to overfill my cup I didn't want to you know expand my bubble that was unexpandable there was a lot of brain power going towards yeah reopening the gym and running the gym and getting ready for Christmas and having a a work party and then a gym member party and then buying prep so much was going Mm. on I was like I could try squeeze in a podcast yeah. But it's going to be a real struggle. It's not going to be as high quality and you're no, not going to get not. out what you want and it's going to take away from other things. Like we have finite capacity and finite time and finite energy and we want to be making sure that that time and energy goes towards the things that light us up, things yeah. that align us to our values and things that help us be the best version of ourselves. And and you're right. Like if if you asked me two weeks ago to do the podcast, I would have been like, I probably would have still said yes because... Yeah, I mean, I like talking rubbish for yeah. a little period of time, but I it wouldn't have I wouldn't have been in as good a headspace as I am now. No, but on the back end of that, if you asked me getting like if you asked me in three weeks rather than today, I probably would have been in a better headspace to talk about it. Yeah, but even just having this conversation is making me feel a little bit more relaxed about yeah. everywhere we're at at the moment because it's building self awareness in how I'm actually feeling at the moment. Yeah, which is worth its weight in gold and you know we all have different things like some of us it's talking to friends some of it's it's writing things down some of it's it's going for a walk without any external distractions whatever your thing is lean into it and you know that self-awareness you build in that should build self-awareness that that's your thing yeah yeah um and find find what helps you be a better you and do it yeah yeah i think um yes yeah, even little things like just going for a walk. Um, I think especially when you're aware of the benefits of going for a walk, you get more motivated to go for oh, a walk and you know that you know you, you have a time to think and you get some clarity, you can think about your day. I end up like getting back and writing down a few notes or whatever and things like that. But yeah. if you don't know that that benefit actually comes from walking, then you probably don't go and walk. Or yeah. if, same with like reading or, or whatever it is. So it's hard to kind of convince someone to go just go for a walk trust me you're going to feel fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> but when you do get someone doing something like that or picking one of those things to do um, yeah it does give you that chance to yeah maybe react less and yeah. think about what's going on and you know if you're angry about something like a good time to go for a walk is directly in the middle of an argument <laughs> just <laughs> walk away and go for so a yeah. walk and allow yourself to calm down and be yeah. less reactive and a little bit more responsive and things yeah, like that then you take away that emotional response yeah um, and I think the Rather than like if you if you're at home and you're listening and you're like oh, I don't like I don't want more things to do, think about rather than what can you add to give yourself self, that self awareness. Think about what you can take away, like that ten minutes of Instagram scrolling or mm-hmm. the you know the checking ABC News for the seventh time today to see you know how many COVID cases there are or you know waiting for Dan Andrews to don his puffer jacket to have a chat to us. Like whatever it is, what can you take away? And if it's you know that beer that you have with dinner or if it's the glass of wine you have after dinner or if it's the 
whatever vice that you think you need to help you feel better, take that away and it gives you the space to then fill that with either something else or the space just to be, which, you know, we don't always have to add more things, basically what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes we take away and, and life gets a lot easier. Yeah, I think a lot of people found that during COVID too, oh, yeah. just to have some shit taken away. I was like, oh, cool, I don't need all that stuff. Yeah. My brain's a lot clearer and there's a lot less fog. It's it's all happening. Now I've got less. It's fucking yeah, way better. Definitely. Um, I think, you know what, with... um. The point of all the fucking technology and shit that's been invented over especially the last 20 <laughs> years was to make life easier. You know, everything's quicker. But instead of like, you know, our phones are supposed to, you know, emailing is quicker to get messages across and this and that and rah, rah. But instead of like a, using that spare time to just be, we just filled it up with more shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, and it's, but it's just noise. Yeah. Like Instagram, Facebook, you know, even podcasts, Spotify, all these different things, tools that we use that can enhance our life, if we use them without intention, if we use them in the wrong way, they don't enhance our life, they make it worse because they fill every second of our thinking with noise. And most of us, I don't know who's quoted, he's got another quote for you. It might be Carl Jung. It was like every, uh, I'm going to butcher it, you guys can search it afterwards, but it's. I think if every human-driven problem would be solved if we were all able just to sit in a room by ourselves. Yeah. So a room in silence by ourselves, and I think that's so powerful because how many of us can turn everything off for an hour and go sit in a room, you know, whether eyes closed or not, doesn't matter, and just be with ourselves for an hour. It's really difficult to do, especially when you're used to scrolling Instagram or you're used to yeah. watching TV or you're used to doing something. So, you know, if you guys take one thing out of this podcast, take the challenge of going to sit by yourself for an hour or half an hour. And if you can't do that, go for a walk with yeah. no no headphones or anything in or, or go for a run or do 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 something that allows you to escape. Maybe not, maybe escape's the wrong word. It allows you to remove yourself from the, the noise-filled existence that yeah. is 2021. Just to be still. Hey. Yeah. yeah, there's... um. I think it's a niche, Frederick Niche quote about like, no, I'll butcher it, but it's along the lines of like, <laughs> welcome to the no butchering <laughs> quotes podcast. No uh, good idea was ever um, thought or created without going on a walk. Like all, all good, all good ideas. Yeah, like it's something like that. Um, I actually want to go to some of my notes <laughs> about suffering and struggle. A lot of the stuff, the answers to what we want to talk about, have probably just happened now. But I want to talk about a few important points to do with suffering and struggle um so what I, what I actually wrote last night before coming over was things like um you know at the moment apart from COVID going on we're 100 percent. well even with COVID, we're still living in one of the most privileged times oh, of human so existence um but we and but because of and because of that we sort of probably have grown up feeling pretty uh Kind of like nothing really that bad is really going to ever happen to us. Um, and then COVID, it became quite a big shock to people. But we also have done things, you know, at today's day, people say, like, oh, kids these days, rah, rah, rah. A lot has to do with our, you know, our parenting and things like that. We're bringing up kids, um, you know, sheltering them from struggle and suffering and, uh, and wanting them to not feel pain and to feel challenged and all that, which is a way of yeah. trying to protect our kids, which is probably just a natural kind of instinct. But then that also, I feel... Our, our kids then grow up perceiving struggles and things like that to happen as very negative 
bad things as opposed to like what we've been talking about, like opportunities to learn and grow and, and develop and things like that. Um, so yeah, when these struggles and failures and that do occur, we genuinely like struggle to deal with it. Yeah, it's 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 a fascinating one because there's part of the older generations that are like, back in my day, we used to do this and we used to do this and, and you know, they they almost chastise the newer generations for having things easier. Like, isn't that the point that every yeah. generation should hopefully create a world where the generation in front of them don't have to go through the same struggles that they did? Yeah. Which means that if we're not going through the same struggles and, and obviously the world, yes, is like he's in certain ways is getting easier to be able to to thrive and to live and, and things like that. Like you know, the quality of living has skyrocketed over the last hundred years, which is fantastic. It's brilliant. But it means that because we don't have the same level of natural struggle and natural suffering to, you know, have clothes on our back and to have a roof over our head and to have food in our mouths and all that kind of stuff we need to create artificial struggle in our lives and whether it be you know chasing a an endeavor that we love like learning the piano or 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 playing a sport or you know going for a run you know all of these things are effectively just artificial struggle that we decide to put in our lives like you know, I've signed up for two bays in a couple of weeks and I did it last year and it cooked me. But it's that in the back of my head, head of doing hard things because it makes me a better version of myself and it gives me more capacity. And, you know, I look at Lucy now who just turned one and and I don't, I want her life to be, I don't want her life to be easy. I want her to be comfortable and to be safe and, and all these kind of things. But I want her to have just enough struggle that she learns the value of gratitude and perspective and learns the value of hard work and and has the capacity to face a challenge and not give up and work through it and and figure it out like you know our in like i don't know maybe it's a bad example but our industry like can sometimes Leaders in our industry can sometimes sit there and, and rip into universities for not teaching exercise sports science students the right things or or the level of it. But going to university, no matter what discipline it's in, forces you to show up most days for three or four years. It forces you to spend time researching and writing on things that you wouldn't necessarily research and write on. It forces you to commit to a thing for a period of time. So whether you've gone to uni or not doesn't necessarily matter, but if you don't supplement that learning you know, learning blocks or, or time that you've spent on that thing with something else, you're going to miss out on a whole experience of you know, artificial suffering that may help you be a better version of yourself. So the, to the people that say, oh, life should be hard, well, yeah, it should, but we want it to be in an environment where people can fail or people at times will feel like they're drowning, but we know we're not going to let them drown. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect you know, segue to what the gym environment should be. Gym environment should be a safe place where you know you're not going to get hurt, but you're going to be able to challenge your capacities in different ways to be able to go, okay, well, here's my level. I need to level up to be able to get past this. And whether it's a weight you lift or how many sessions you do or, or how much you weigh or how fast you're trying to move or how well you perform your sport, doesn't matter. But the ability to give just the right amount of stimulus so that we can fail, but we don't, 
and then we continue to level that up. Um, Ray Dalio Principles books, one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. If you Google the Ray Dalio loop, it's just this continuous loop of um, of struggle and failure and you know we figure out how to overcome that failure and we overcome it and then there's another struggle and another failure and and life's not about climbing to the mountain and sitting at the top life's about you know working our way up the mountain getting to the top of the mountain and looking over and going okay that next mountain's the one i want to climb next and thus begins the journey um it's all about being able to appreciate what we do while still knowing like looking forward and, and wanting to head somewhere um like I, I like the example of life's like building a big thing of lego like yes we know what the finished product we want it to look like but the joy is not in having the lego range rover sitting on the on the cabinet the joy is in building the thing mm-hmm. and if we can appreciate every little bit that goes in we can you can look at it whether you're at uni or you can look at it whether you're in the gym every gym session is just putting another couple of pieces in mm-hmm. that's the best part about it yeah. it's about having that thing that you're building and having those things to come back to so that you know when life gets hard which it inevitably will you can just focus on okay what's the next piece that needs to go in yeah and it's just a continuous continuous you know journey from there it's problem solving it's just 100%. solving little problems yeah. here and there and I, I love how you just talk about lego then we were, me and Harper were doing lego yesterday and she was struggling with one bit and she started cracking it <laughs> she's like i can't get this bit in and i was like whoa yeah i was like mate this is the best bit of making the lego i was like you got to figure this out let's figure out what's wrong and then we're like, oh sweet this bit is in the wrong place that's why it doesn't fit yeah sweet and then we move on from there and then later on you're like that was the best bit of making the lego the bit where i fucked it up and i had to fix it up exactly um and that's what i think a lot of struggling is this is how we look at the problem and um even when we start in some sort of career and we 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 kind of get in we sort of get so passionate about the career because of the problems to solve yeah. whether you're a mechanic and you've got to fix an engine and there's a fuck up with the engine or whether you're in a gym and you've got to figure out how to help this person mm-hmm. with their issues or whatever you thrive off it then sometimes over time you start to perceive it as a burden and it's a tra- struggle and it's a problem and that's maybe because you yeah. maybe you got comfortable with everything yeah. in your surroundings and all that. Um, I think we need to make sure that we continue to, you know, take on uh, problems to solve and embrace them rather than see them as a, as a burden to our life and remind ourselves that yeah, this is what it's all about. This is the best bit of it. Well, this is the flow model in like in actual in action. Mm-hmm. It's it's being able to have something that's the right amount of challenge for our current capacity and to be able to find like uh, have you seen the new movie new Disney movie Soul? Yep. No. I've, it's I'm, brilliant. I'm ready for it. But there, it describes um, so if if you haven't seen it go watch it. It's brilliant. But there's a part of it that basically describes flow. It's when you find when you basically you know at one with the world around you, whether it be playing football I've or had that playing or, ping pong before, I just could not miss exactly. just every fucking. Bang. It's it's when you're perfectly aligned with the challenge that's in front of you and your capacity to deal with it, and you know life is about finding things that allow us to be in that flow zone. It's allow us to be able to to work to a level where we're challenging ourselves, but also know that we're we're not going to fail or that we, if we do fail, it's okay. We pick ourselves up, we dust ourselves off and we carry on. Um, and I think that if we look at our existence as, okay, what can I challenge myself on today? You know, cause coaching another 6am session doesn't necessarily make you better, 
But if you give yourself parameters or, or ways to level up during that 6 a.m. session, you know, if it's, all right, I'm going to pick one person, like as a coach, I'm going to pick one person today and make sure that they have the best session they've ever had. That makes me better. That makes that person better. And that makes our whole group better. And, you know, if we can, if I can continuous, continuously drive that kind of evolution in our team and in our community, in our environment with, our, with each individual, then my whole world becomes a better place. And that's what I'm here for. That's why we're, we should, that's why we're all here. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, that's what it's all about. I think, like we just said, just perceiving the struggles and challenges that come our way in a different light. Like, where's where could this grow from? And the scary thing, I guess, is the unknowing. Like, you you don't know what will happen at the end of this challenge or struggle. Yeah. And that's probably the most fearful part of it. Mm-hmm. So, that maybe is where people come and huff and puff and carry on and react and caring about it whereas you go well what have I got to lose I may as well have a crack at trying to solve this problem and either I'll solve the problem and be better for it or I won't quite solve it yet yeah but I'll be in the same place I was I'm not going to be worse off yeah which is but for me that's the the worst outcome of of them all is not having tried and just being in the same spot yeah Um, I think we can look at like sure we don't know how this thing that we do will where it'll take us exactly but everything we learn everything we do has usable skills that can help us with the rest of our life so you know let's use the uni example for, for an example very few people i know that have gone through uni degrees are actually practicing 100 percent exactly what they studied um you know where we went for a coffee this morning common folk like sam did a science degree and now he's running a coffee shop Yes, there's crossover, but the usable skills that he learnt whilst doing that science degree helped him level up to have the capacity to open, you know, one of the most popular coffee shops and roasteries around. And I think that if we can look at every single thing we do, like back to um, training Banksy, if I look at training Banksy and go, okay, what are the principles to dog training? You know, positive reinforcement, consistency, repetition. And then next week I decide I want to learn the piano. Consistency, positive reinforcement, repetition, it's all transferable. So we don't need to go, okay, well, I know if I spend the time doing this, then here's what exactly what it will pay me back. We don't know exactly where it's going to take us. But we can utilize that thing to move us in a direction and it will probably be the direction we want to head. And that thing will teach us bits and pieces that we can utilize to get us to the next level and the next level. Um, you know, I, I love using analogies with this stuff, but it's just climbing the mountain. Mm-hmm. There's certain parts of the mountain will teach us things that other parts of the mountain aren't going to teach us. And if we can continue to move forward, then we're ticking the boxes. Yeah, so you're saying be open-minded about whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I did, I did a sports development degree that was supposed to lead me towards <laughs> working in, you know, maybe for the AFL in, in grassroots level development of the sport or, yeah. you know, tennis or wh- whatever sport, really, that was the purpose, but now I run a gym. Yeah. And people say, well, what was the point of that? And I'm like, well, university helped me to think critically about things. It helped me to um, research overcome problems all those sorts of things so um you know struggle through learning shit that i didn't know and stuff like that and if i didn't do those things then the things that i know now as a gym owner and the way i run a gym now would be 
could have been vastly different. Yeah. So, yeah, I 100%. A great question to ask yourself is, if not this, then what? Yeah. So, if I wasn't running a gym, then what would I be doing? And I don't know the answer to that question. It's a, it's more of a thought experiment, but it's, okay, I know it would be something with a community. I know it would be something where we're consistently challenging each other to level up. I know it would be something where I can, you know, show up to work and be in a space that it extracts the best parts of me. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, they're the things that I want of it. So I need to make sure that with what I'm currently doing that I lean into those values. Yeah. yeah. Um, just going back to what you sort of said about, you said the worst case scenario was kind of like sitting on your hands during a big struggle and having nothing kind of happen, just kind of waiting for the struggle. Yeah, to... not, not so much during a big struggle because sometimes not doing anything is, doing, is, yeah, is the action that you need to yeah. take. Um, more so I don't want to I don't want you to this time next year start of 2022 for you to come and say hey let's do a podcast and for us to have exactly the same conversation yeah but that's that's what I guess if I'm scared of anything it's being in the same place in 12 months that I am now yeah and you know what that looks like I don't know but I might level up in ways that have nothing to do with running a gym but are transferable skills to make help me run a better facility yeah. and to grow our community and, and things like that. So the not like, you know, you find so many people at commercial gyms and in, you know, jobs they don't love will show up and do the same thing at the same intensity with no real intention day after day after day after day. And they wonder why they're not moving forward. They wonder why you know their big break hasn't happened, or they wonder why they haven't put on the muscle that they've been trying to put on for ten years. But they've been doing the same session three days a week f- with the same weights for ten years. Nothing's changed. Of like nothing changes unless something changes. Um, so you know, for us who are wanting or have the desire to grow capacity, which you know I would like to think is everyone in in some way, shape, or form you have to give yourself the right amount of stimulus for that to happen. If you don't, nothing will, nothing will change. Yeah. Um, you know, same goes for team environments, whether it be at work or like a football team or whatever. If you do the same program end on end on end, nothing changes. So you need to figure out ways to constantly level up. And a big, and I think the most powerful way to do that is find a community where people are already doing the things that you wish you could do or that you want to be able to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think maybe people get overwhelmed with the thought of the big changes that need to happen, and just yeah. like you said, just consistently, just some showing up is going to eventually lead you in the right direction. And same goes for when you're hit with, you know, COVID or whatever. You don't have to have the answers straight away. Mm. When we got told we were shutting down the gym, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to have all the answers that day. Yeah, it was okay. You yeah. just had to sort of make a few decisions and then go, okay, let's see what happened here. Yeah. Okay, that's working. What's the first thing you need to do? Yeah. This is working well. This is not. Let's just change this a little bit. Okay, this is working a little bit better. Mm. Let's change it a little bit. Okay, this is working a little bit. So, it's just bit by bit. If you tried to make all those decisions at once, like, who knows? We we all all want big wins. Yeah. But the big wins are made up of thousands and thousands of little wins and little failures along the way. Yeah. Like, you know, we look at going to the gym. One gym session is completely useless in on itself. Yeah we pair it with a second and a third and a fifth and a thousandth, then we start to move the needle. Yeah. Cleaning your teeth is a perfect analogy for that same thing. If you clean your teeth once, you don't have a health, you don't health, have healthy mouth or healthy teeth and healthy gums. If you clean your teeth twice a day for the rest of your life, then your mouth's going to be pretty healthy. And 
that's effectively progress. Um, you know, if we can take the cleaning the teeth analogy and implement it into playing the piano or you know raising kids or teaching a dog how to not shit on the floor, whatever it is, then we're going to be moving in the right direction. And you know, that's what life's about: do good things with good people. Repeat. I think you've just finished that perfectly, mate. Thank you. Pleasure. Um, yeah. Well, that was a good. I love how I had notes and we went so off topic pretty much before I even opened up the notes. <laughs> I still have a blank page in front of me, so yeah. play on. But you know what? I think uh, you helped hit the points exactly how I was hoping to hit them anyway. Good. So thanks so much. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this listen. I um, hope you guys enjoyed listening to more than just my voice. <laughs> <laughs> you have a beautiful voice. Uh, and hopefully it's given you a bit of a light to have a look into, yeah, this year coming, your perceptions of... COVID or whatever other struggles and challenges. Um, but yeah, I guess the last little couple of words is, yeah, a lot, uh, your attitude towards what's coming your way, your struggles and things to overcome uh, is greatly impacts what your outcome is going to be. Um, if you head into a struggle with maybe a fixed mindset, a negative outlook, a pessimistic mind, things are going to be a lot more difficult. Um, whereas, you know, if we look into it with a slightly more optimistic or realistic view, um, positive mindset, you know, you have a, a bit of an attitude that things can be better if I do something or try something or, you know, allow myself some time to process and be grateful and respond, then things should hopefully get better. Definitely. You mentioned Frankel, Victor Frankel before, and yeah. one of his quotes is, if you're unable to change a situation, then you're forced to change yourself. Yeah. Good book. Man's Search for Meaning. That's probably what set me off on wanting to do this topic. Yeah. If you want to learn about suffering, some real suffering that makes COVID not look like suffering. <laughs> not that we need to compare because all suffering it's all relative. Is, is all relative. But uh, Man's Search for, me- for Meaning. I actually read quite a lot of books about World War Two. I, I read uh, Diary of Anne Frank this year. I read Happiest Man on Earth. I read Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. Um, I think to help me get a bit of perspective of what was going on with COVID, um, and it helped greatly. Yeah. So I think if you want to... Man, Search for Meaning is brilliant, but it's written by a psychotherapist. Yeah. So if you want a less heavy version of a heavy book, it's still just as heavy. Um, Happiest Man on Earth Happiest is brilliant Earth. because it's just just a person yeah. who's been through you know, hell, basically. More struggles than you could ever um, imagine. But it's not written with the psychotherapy part in mind. Yeah. And yeah. I just feel it's easier to easier to consume yep. and get your head around it. Yeah, definitely. So both read both of them. Read both and also read Anne Frank. <laughs> Good. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. See you, team. Thank you very much for listening to the Valor Fitness Nutrition Mind podcast. My name is Stuart Cunningham. If you enjoyed the episode, please send us a like, send us a comment, share it with a mate, give us a rating on the iTunes or whatever you're listening to this on. Every little bit of support helps. Looking forward to bringing you some more stuff next week. This is Val.